This week on Emerge Mobile First, a conversation with Katrina Craigwell, VP Global Marketing Innovation at GE Digital. I'm thinking a lot about how do we continue to foster environments where we're we're pulling up more diverse leadership uh, and we're, we're bringing these voices to the table because it's, it's the right thing for us to do as humans and it's good for business. And so those are a couple of things that I'm super passionate about. Welcome to Mobile First. You'll find bonus tools, expanded information, and key takeaways on our website, EmergeMobileFirst.com. For a quick and effective way to level up your mobile strategy, again, that's EmergeMobileFirst.com. Katrina Craigwell is the VP of Global Marketing Innovation at GE Digital, where she leads brand and digital marketing for the new business unit. Her team is responsible for driving innovative storytelling and generating commercial impact for GE Digital across visual and digital mediums. Prior to that, Craigwell was Director of Global Content and Programming for GE Corporate, where she spearheaded new programs at the intersection of technology and brand, including GE's work on Instagram, YouTube, and across virtual reality platforms. Prior to GE, she was Associate Director at Social Media Agency Attention, working with clients including CNN, HLN, WeTV, A&E, and The Guardian. Craigwell began her career in public relations at the Independent Film Channel, working on some of IFC's first social media campaigns. She was named as Adweek's Most Influential Women in Marketing and Media in 2016 and Young Influentials and Creative 100 in 2015, Forbes 30 Under 30 in Marketing and Advertising in 2014, and Ad Age's Creativity 50 in 2012. Katrina, thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to have you here. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I like to start with understanding a little bit more about you and where you come from, what your origin story is, we like to call it. So what are you most passionate about in your profession and why? Yeah, I am originally from Canada. It's not what I'm most passionate about in my profession, but you know, that's a little bit of my origin story. Yeah. I came to New York right out of college and uh, wanted to work in television and was very interested in media. And I thought if I could do that in New York, that'd be a great thing. And I've stayed, I've been in the city now for, you know, 11 or so years in a a couple of different roles. Oh, I'm passionate about a couple of things. One is kind of the world that we're in right now, where there's so much creativity and innovation around business models. And so much of that has to do with the internet and the way that information is flowing and the way that information is accessible. And then what kind of value we can drive out of that? You know, you look at companies like Airbnb, Amazon, others who are looking at places where we have latent capacity that we can now monetize. Ethereum is is one of them in a way that I've been kind of obsessed with and trying to learn more about. And so it's just an amazing time. I always kind of say it's an amazing time to be a marketer and it's an amazing time to be in business. It can be a very challenging time, but amazing nonetheless. And then I'm also passionate, you know, on the human side, I'm very passionate about diversity and leadership and just how much it serves us all. And, you know, as a woman, as a person of color, as somebody who is taking on more leadership positions, building up teams and thinking about culture, I'm thinking a lot about how do we continue to foster environments where we're, we're pulling up more diverse leadership. Uh, and we're, we're bringing these voices to the table because it's, it's the right thing for us to do as humans and it's good for business. And so those are a couple of things that I'm super passionate about. Yeah, I love both of those perspectives. And together, I can see how that creates this powerhouse that is Katrina Craigwell. 
So <laughs> for number one, right, the world we're living in currently, you know, I can't imagine as a 10 year old, you're, you're fascinated with business models and internet and, and these things, right? Like when I was 10, I was selling emu jerky. Like there's no way I thought I'd be in tech. <laughs> so what are the things that, that caused you to be interested in TV and media and that kind of drew you to this path? What, what are those things that inspired this path? Well, you know, as a 10 year old, I've always been a sci-fi nut. And I think this there's this actually very interesting relationship between science fiction and, and science as we know it, right? To create things that never existed before, you have to imagine them and how they'd be built, the context that they'd be in, the, what they would do. And so when you do talk to scientists and engineers, they call that out quite a bit. And you often see incredible writers. Uh, there's a, an author named Neil Stevenson who has written a couple of, a number of books and has also served as a futurist in-house at companies uh, like Blue Origin and, and Magic Leap. And so for me growing up, I was always super into sci-fi. I loved space movies. The Fifth Element is like my favorite my favorite movie. I think because of, of how old I was when I saw it, it kind of made this like impact in my little brain. But there was an aspect of being really curious about the future and kind of imagining as a human, just how much can you wrap your head around and just how far can we and the technology that we build get ourselves in terms of understanding who we are and why we're here and all these very, just got very, I'm sorry, it's like very deep right away. Um, and so I think that, you know, and I also watched a lot of TV, watched a lot of stories because that was the place for me that I'm a very visual person mm -hmm. and I do a lot of visual storytelling work. It's kind of all come back together but that was the place for me that those worlds came alive. And so I think I kind of, you know, when I was in college in Toronto, I worked at a local news station that was spinning up at the time. And I just had kind of this fascination with media and information and storytelling and the screen. And so everything kind of converged in how do we use science fiction and fiction to imagine a different future? And then how do we communicate that future? And now I work at a company where we have, you know, hundreds uh, of thousands of scientists and engineers and builders who truly are imagining technology and models for some of the biggest challenges on the planet. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my job is to tell stories about that, right? And to open the doors and invite people in. And so in this weird way, it kind of all came back together. You know, and going through your bio, it's not just like you're interested in this stuff, but you've done a lot with it and you've taken a very powerful position as a woman and doing it. And I think that's really fascinating and worth noting. And so I guess, what about your upbringing? Maybe was it your parents? Was it some, some influence in your environment caused you to take this powerful stance? I'm a curious person and I love to execute and I learn by doing. So for, for me, you can only do so many PowerPoints before you're blue in the face, right? You have to put, <laughs> right. put the work out and really see what impact you can drive. I, you know, again, I, I grew up loving science and I grew up watching my mother get her MBA and uh, take executive positions. And it was just a normal thing. You know, she worked, it's amazing. So she worked at CP Rail in Canada, Canadian Pacific Railway. And GE actually makes, you know, has made locomotives for that railway. And so in my first year or so at the company, I spent a lot of time going out to factories and creating content from the factory floor. And I remember walking through one of our transportation factories and seeing a, a, a CP rail locomotive sitting out there in the yard. And just, it was awesome. It was like everything mm -hmm. again, kind of coming together. And so I think it was, you know, for me, there was no question that I could be curious and creative 
and to be passionate about the work that I'm doing. And that's what I saw around me growing up. And the older you get, the more you appreciate just how much that made an impact. And it really, really did. You know, Mm -hmm. my mother is uh, an incredible brain and incredible force. And, and, you know, my biggest champion is all moms are. So those are some of the things I, I think about when I reflect on how I got here. Yeah, that's really cool. So I'm I'm glad we were able to kind of tie these two things together, these two passions together, because it's really clear where the inspiration came from now. With this context, you have a long history in being in marketing and PR. So can you maybe walk us through the path you took from AMC Networks to GE Digital and maybe talk about some of the pivots and personal growth you made along the way? Yeah, sure. So I started at the independent film channel specifically right out of college in um, an internship capacity. And it was right, you know, still a couple of years before I think social media was in the zeitgeist is the thing that it is now. And as an organization, IFC was starting to do, you know, what does it mean to do blogger for screenings? What does it mean to, you know, prioritize traffic to our website versus viewership to the channel? Or, you know, is there kind of a parallel path there to build? And so there were some incredible projects that were spinning up when I was there that had to do with how do we add digital to our method of outreach. And there was some programming that was acquired for ISC.com. And then we had to think about how we were going to drive viewership there. You know, from there, I went and worked at a group of startups for a short time. And then I ended up at a social media agency called Attention. And so it really was, you know, it started and the whole space kind of started as a space in which, you know, what is it? You know, how do we pitch bloggers? How do we pitch online writers? How do we make sure that, you know, XY brand has a Facebook page that's healthy and clean and a Twitter feed and very basic stuff. And I was there for a couple of years. And by the time I left, the whole space had grown and the agency had grown and into, you know, a much more complex um, and a much richer space, right? Building products for social, building content for social and, and just kind of evolving. And at that time, brands and clients were now starting to build up that capability client side. And so the opportunity at GE came across my desk. Again, started at IFC at Attention. I ended up working on our TV on our TV brands. And so this was a bit of a departure. But as I started to understand and spend some time with what GE does, I realized it was this incredible playground of the science and technology at some of the biggest scale in, in the realist form and just a place that has so many rich stories to tell. And a, a brand that should be telling those. And I think it was kind of this on the brand side, it's, I like to say it's good to always have an ongoing identity crisis and make sure that the things that you're saying and the ways that you're behaving reflect your values and that everyone's really clear and comfortable with your values internally right. and then externally. And that you're also understanding your audience and understanding humans. We have so many things to say. We have messaging documents that are pages long. When you talk to somebody, if you want them to really ingest and take and absorb something that's really important to you, you're not going to tell them 25 things. You're going to share that one thing that's really important to you and why, and you guys are going to connect on that. There were certain kind of instincts around that and the ability to to not be our own worst enemy sometimes Uh by piling in messaging and piling in content and really just be able to connect fundamentally with people who love science and technology and do that through content and through producing content and storytelling. And so that was kind of the progression. And then I think about a year or so ago, I joined our software business called GE Digital. 
dedicated to the industrial internet of things. So how do you layer on software and analytics capabilities on top of your wind farm, you know, throughout your airline so that you're able to really get the most out of your machines and the most for your, for your customers. And I think we're also at a beautiful space now where the old conversation that great creative work and work that drives commercial and business impact are on two different islands. For me, that's been put to bed because again, it's all about a network on which we share information on, you know, that is changing human behavior, the internet. And Mm -hmm. so great story. Um, there's a human connection there. There's an opportunity to build your brand and talk about what you're doing. And that should drive interest in doing business together. And so to join one of our businesses is really important to get a bit closer to that and to bring some of the parts of, you know, to bring all the parts of digital activation together because content is only good as the media strategy that's behind that. And the media strategy is only good as the audience insights and the analytics that sit there, right? And that's only as good as, and so it really all has to come together into how do we activate digitally? And so that's been, you know, the trajectory. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm, you know, taking some notes here and there's some really interesting tactics I want to dig into little bit later based on that story. But I think that this is actually a really good segue because GE is such a large company, right? And just like looking at the website, it's like an encyclopedia series, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like there's, yeah. there's so much there. So can you maybe explain the lay of the land and how GE Digital fits into GE? Sure. We have a number of industrial businesses. Uh, our aviation business makes jet, en- jet engines. Our power business that makes power generation, uh, turbines, our renewables business makes uh, things like wind turbines, transportation, healthcare. But GE Digital sits alongside those businesses and also works through those businesses. Because really what we're saying is, as GE, when we look at the world and we look at how we remain competitive, when we look at uh, every one of our businesses and where technology is going, we are leveraging, right? We know that we need it just on our for ourselves to leverage data and analytics, to continue to push our manufacturing capabilities forward, to continue to offer solutions that allow us to take advantage of the information that we get off of a jet engine or off of a wind turbine when it's operating and feed that back into how we build it. We knew we wanted to harness this. And so um, for us, that required that we really kind of go deep and build it from the inside, right? Mm-hmm. And then push it through the organization and also eventually, as we've done now, make it available commercially. So it is this kind of interesting unit where, you know, it really spans the whole enterprise. And for me, that's amazing. I mean, being part of the corporate team where I was initially, again, spanned the whole enterprise. And there's a beautiful kind of story and point of view there, right? Mm-hmm. The reason that we were able to get into the jet engine business decades ago was because of our capability in rotating machinery and in in steam turbines, right? right. Uh, we make a lot of rotating machinery. And so while many of our businesses may look different, there are actually physics level connections throughout. And so it's a pretty incredible thing. You know, we use healthcare technology to address underwater pipeline inspection, right? How do we take x-ray technology? How do we take ultrasound tech? You know, how do we take healthcare technology and use it in completely different environments Mm -hmm. that reflect our other businesses? And we have those kinds of crossover stories all over the place. 
and so again, this is this is a, a business and a, a part of our work that really does span the whole enterprise. Yeah, that is really interesting because even though you know you're VP of Global Marketing Innovation at GE Digital, that's the through line really to all the different sectors, and that gives you purview over everything that's happening for the storytelling. Yeah, purview with amazing partners, right? right. We're also we're a really large organization, and it's incredible. It's a it's an amazing team of partners that share a mission. And so I guess, you know, as uh, in your role for GE Digital, what are your personal main focuses? Again, I'm really interested in that connection between brand and business and it becoming more and more tangible. We always talk about the, the signals that we get and the information that's at our fingertips about what our customers want based on things like their web traffic and content consumption. And, you know, what are they saying on social media? And it's hard. We all know it's there it's really hard to consistently harness that, right? For a number of reasons. Many have to do with things like you're using three different tools and how do you connect the tools and how do you do it in a way that doesn't break halfway through? Others have to do with org design and and humans just going through change and having full plates. And so we've spent a lot of time, and my team has spent a lot of time really sitting in our analytics tools, sitting in our CRM tools and connecting the dots. Even if it feels like, it's a little bit manual or it's a little bit more complicated than we wish it were building that muscle so that when we start a meeting, we start it in our analytics tool. When we think about the content that we're going to create, our first question isn't, do we have 20 things to say? It's let's go and validate just how many things people read, right? When we start mm-hmm. to look at that, we'll see that, you know, out of 160 asset downloads, three of them account for 50% of consumption. What does that start to tell us? That the folks that we want to do business with, the conversations that we're having require and are served by focus, high quality and focus. And so we've been spending a lot of time on that. And then on thinking about, you know, brand strategy and positioning and how do you, GE is known for, we're known for our industrial work. We're known for uh, having appliances and, as well and capital bit, and we've changed a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're, we're known as, uh, as making jet engines and turbines and MRI machines, and et cetera. And we're trusted in that regard. We're not necessarily known for software solutions, but now we're building up this division that really is dedicated to that. And we built a platform uh, called Predix to harness the industrial internet. How do we continue to evolve the brand? We talk a lot about being a digital industrial brand. And that is, is led, it's inc- you know incredible and, and led by our corporate team. And then we at G Digital have to pay off on that and have to continue to build digital equity. And so getting that right and delivering on that is also really, really important. I think those are a couple of things we've been really obsessed with, but it's got to be customer first. We have to look at the data first. You kind of have to throw out everything, even if what you know is right, just go through the exercise of throwing it out and putting it back together, right? You could kind of do that on a monthly basis. That's probably safer than seeing something once and believing it for six or six months or 12 months. So I really have two questions here that I kind of want to merge to make one question. So you kind of have this method to the madness for storytelling. You know, you were talking about how you came in and there's all this awesome stuff happening in GE, but then you really focus on sharing that one thing and why you know, not the 25 things. And so it sounds like you have like a lot of focus on the human connection and clarity of the point that you're trying to make and why. And so there's kind of this method to the madness with just your approach, but then now with 
mobile coming in and creating potentially new challenges and opportunities. How has mobile influenced the way that you approach the tactic of telling that story? You know, it's interesting because mobile is another step towards pushing us, forcing us to stop bad behavior. I think that if we all agree that things like banner ads are, you know, maybe not the best user experience and we're not quite sure that they serve, you know, there, of course, there's, there's recall and, and all that good stuff, but are we absolutely sure that it's the right user experience? Banner ads on mobile are even worse. Mm -hmm. So when I think about connection and connectivity and computing power, for me, when I look at mobile, it is really a step on a continuum that we have been on for a very, very long time, which is to say we are constantly on a quest to shrink, <laughs> put more computing power in a smaller system, bring it closer to ourselves as humans. And this is maybe a little cyborg, but I'm not sure, you know, that might be the path we're on. I don't have a chip in me yet, but, and increase connectivity. And so if you put it in that regard, then you have to start to think about what is this flow of information mean for humans? Why do we do that? We do that to be faster, to be more efficient, to produce more in less time. Maybe we do that because we ultimately can't reconcile the fact that we only have a limited amount of time as beings. And so we're trying mm -hmm. to drive more productivity. That is not a thought that is original to me. It's, there's an incredible book called The Seventh Sense written by an author named Joshua Cooper Ramo. And it kind of, it looks at this digital transformation as the next phase of human history and definitely worth the read. But when you read about technology leaders and ultimately the things that I think we sometimes grapple with, it fundamentally comes down to pretty simple and core things like how do we move faster? How do we have more time? You know, how do we wrap our heads around these things? And so when I think about mobile, to bring it back for a second, that is what the mobilization of our connectivity and computing power is about to me. So when we think of mobile, what are our customers using mobile for if they are using mobile, right? Maybe it's with them when they travel. Maybe it's with them when they train teams. Maybe it is a, it's a form factor for a field service crew that has to climb a wind turbine and would be much better off being hands-free and connected than having to worry about where to get their information from when they get to the, as they climb the wind turbine, right? They need both hands, both legs, everything free and clear to climb the turbine. And when they get to the top of the turbine, they need to be able to call somebody. That's where mobile really starts to get exciting. Mm -hmm. But I think pushing information to people again in another screen where maybe they haven't asked for it, where maybe we haven't done enough listening isn't what it's about. So I really force, we have to think, it makes us think about utility, right? And then of course, it, you know, email is probably one of the, the, the biggest and least loved networks that's out there, mm -hmm. right? And so how do you get in the inbox in a really meaningful and useful way? You don't want to spam people, but how do you do that? And you you know, look at some of the, the news services now that are coming out with newsletter products or simply newsletters altogether. And there, there really is a utility there, right? Right. Or you look at the whole, the podcast space, but is the podcast space a reflection of mobile? 
mm, I don't know. It's a reflection of audio. You know, when we talk about mobile, we should maybe also talk about voice interface and, you know, home assistance and where that whole space is going. Mm-hmm. But mobile certainly has helped put podcasts and put audio in people's, of course, pockets with them wherever they go. Right. And deliver information in this form that is that is sticky and doesn't feel like you're just getting a deluge of, of stuff that you didn't ask for. So that's kind of how we wrap or we seek to wrap our heads around it. And for us, we're in a really interesting scenario where, you know, it's funny because when we, um, I did a lot of VR work in my last year or so on the brand marketing team. And very quickly you cross that threshold of, well, I'm going to create a world here, but if I'm going to create a world here, I might as well do something that's going to teach somebody something. But if I'm going to do somebody that's going to teach somebody something, like if I'm going to take them inside the brain or down to the bottom of the ocean to look at our technology on the ocean floor, well, then I might as well use information that reflects what we would actually train people on. Well, if I'm going to train people on something, then why aren't I using this for training, right? And there's work and research out there to kind of validate that immersive spaces do do allow a training and education to stick in, in a way that is really meaningful. And so it, you get to this point where the marketing is not product and marketing are so connected, right? Those are some of the thoughts we have when we think about mobile and some of the places we try and push into when we think about mobile. So there's obviously a lot of examples and applications to what you're working on. And like I mentioned before, uh, GE is such a big company. You know, if we wanted to keep tabs on your work, where would you suggest the best place we go? Uh, so many places. Our Instagram feed is tremendous. Our YouTube channel is fantastic. All of our businesses have amazing channels. Our corporate channels are, are amazing. I would, you know, check out the corporate channels uh, for sure as a starting as a starting place. We're on Snapchat if you fancy that or want to see what that's like. LinkedIn, of course, if you're interested in, in hearing a little bit more from our execs, do some great exec content on LinkedIn from folks like Beth Comstock and Jeff Immelt and Bill Rue and others who will publish there every once in a while. So I, you know, have, have a look there. GE Digital, follow GE Digital on Twitter, uh, follow us on LinkedIn, and uh, you can always check our our website, ge.com slash digital to kind of see what we're up to and what we're building with the rest of the company. Awesome. Yeah, I love all the social plugs. So I'll make sure to link to all of these channels in the show notes for everyone to check out at emergemobilefirst.com at Trina's episode. So make sure to go there. And we'll also be listing a lot of the resources from Katrina and Rapid Fire Round. So everyone, there you have it. Make sure to go there and check that out. And also make sure to turn in this Friday to our Rapid Fire Friday Round, where Katrina will be sharing some of her most valuable resources. So Katrina, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and share about GE Digital and what you're focusing on over there. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on. Great to be here. Thank you. Hey, thank you for listening. Make sure to tune in this Friday for this week's guest resources from our rapid fire question round. And I'm always happy to be a resource in any way that I can. So visit emergemobilefirst.com to reach out to me directly or for additional insights, resources, and bonus tools that can help catapult your organization to the next level. Until next time, think mobile first.